0: Thanks to Audible for supporting industry focus. For a free audiobook with a 30 day free trial, go to audible.com forward slash full or text full to 500 500. Welcome to Industry Focus, the show that dives into a different sector of the stock market every day. Today we're talking energy and industrials. It is Thursday, the 8th of February, and today we're going to be talking about plane makers, specifically Airbus and Boeing. I'm your host, Sarah Priestley, and joining me on Skype all the way from sunny California is senior Motley Fool contributor Adam Levine Weinberg. Adam, thank you for joining me. How are you doing?
1: Very good. Thanks for having me on the show.
0: No, your expertise are needed. In this uh, industry. So, today we're going to be talking about the big two plane makers, Boeing and Airbus. Together, these two make up the majority of the $140 billion industry, which is just huge. And the market is pretty fascinating right now, thanks to a few factors. Uh, growing demand from the Asia Pacific region, low interest rates, um, and as such, it's enjoying really high demand. And this is creating all kinds of pressure on the manufacturers and their supply chains. Um, so, by the end of the decade, Airbus and Boeing have to build 30 more planes annually to meet existing orders. Then, and this is the industry's steepest production increase since World War II, which is incredible. How did they hold up in 2017, Adam?
1: So, last year, we did see uh, another record year of output for both companies. Uh, during 2017, Boeing surpassed Airbus in terms of deliveries, and that was the sixth straight year that Boeing won uh, in the delivery race. Um, but both companies, as I said, did beat records. And it looks like 2018 is, is setting up to be another year of record output for both companies. Um, also, looking ahead, the orders for the year were very strong, but still below the peak levels that we saw back in 2012-2014, uh, when you had really, really high fuel prices forcing airlines to uh, put in big orders for next generation, more fuel-efficient planes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, let's talk about Boeing first. Um Boeing delivered 763 commercial jets last year. That was up from 748 in 2016. So that's about a 2% increase. And the 737 family drove more than two thirds of the volume last year with 529 deliveries. And that's been a a key theme recently. The 737 and the competing Airbus A320 family are very versatile jets. They're ideal for routes that are less than about 3,000 miles. And um, they're very cheap to operate. They're uh, much cheaper to acquire than larger jets that can fly uh, farther. And so that's where you're seeing a lot of these uh, budget carriers expanding. This is really their, their niche. And so this part of the market has seen by far the most growth. Um, another factor that's enabling that is that as you're getting uh, new planes with new technology, uh, both the 737 and the A320, have new generations that are the two manufacturers are switching to, um, that gives them even more range so that they can uh, expand to destinations that weren't previously possible. Um, looking at the rest of Boeing's operation, the company delivered 14 of its 747 jumbo jet, 10 767s, um, which is an older model of a twin aisle airplane, and then 74 7s and 136 787 Dreamliners. So the 737 family, as I mentioned, was by far the biggest um, volume driver. It also accounted for more than 100% of Boeing's growth last year. Um, For the 777, which has historically been one of Boeing's most profitable airplanes, uh, it can fly up to 8,000 miles, uh, holding about 300 passengers. um, It saw a 25% volume decline last year. Um, There's just been a, a bit of a slowdown in the market for these larger aircraft. And on top of that, Boeing is coming out with a new uh, version of the 777. And so, that's definitely caused some airlines to pause uh, and wait to decide whether they want the older model or to wait for the newer, more fuel-efficient version.
0: So, we could start to see some pent-up demand being uh, exhibited in 2018, 2019
1: for these. Yeah, Boeing expects there to be a big uptick in orders and deliveries for um, the larger planes starting around 2020. both because of the new technology that's coming online and also just based on the timing of when airlines are going to need to replace some of their older aircraft.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And as you mentioned, um, a lot of the 737 demand being driven by uh, low-cost carriers. And we're just seeing that's kind of transforming the, the industry. Um, people's want for cheaper flights, more affordable travel uh, is really a boon uh, and it's just creating so much demand.
1: Yeah, the combination of the rise of the middle class and a lot of these emerging markets and then the rise of these low-cost carriers that can um, offer tickets far cheaper than what was previously available has created a boom where you're seeing economies growing 5 to 7%, air travel growing twice that fast. Mm-hmm. So it's really creating quite a bit of, um, of new demand for aircraft. Um, so turning to Airbus, they also hit a company record in terms of deliveries with uh, 718 commercial jets delivered in 2017. And that was up from 688 uh, a year earlier. So uh, Airbus is still trailing Boeing uh, by about 6%. However, uh, Airbus did gain some ground last year. And that's uh, partially because Airbus actually has a larger backlog of aircraft on order than Boeing. Uh, and so it's using that backlog to support uh, production increases. So for Airbus, the uh, the tilt between its narrow bodies, um, the A320 family, and then its larger wide-body planes um, was even greater uh, disparity than at Boeing. So you had 78% of deliveries um, being the A320 family. So that totaled 558. And then Airbus also delivered 67 A330s, um, and that's its older model of wide-body jet. Uh, 78 A350s, and then like the Boeing 747, Airbus's jumbo jet model, which is the A380, is doing quite poorly, and so there were only 15 deliveries uh, on that during 2017, which was down substantially from the prior year.
0: Yeah, which is strange because when they first released this uh, aircraft, there was so much hype around it. Um, it was I, I know that it was kind of heralded as the the next great aircraft, but it just hasn't really delivered.
1: Yeah. I mean, what Airbus has sort of found, it actually just kind of happened that at the same time, Boeing and Airbus laid out different visions for how air travel would change. And Airbus went with this massive plane that um, would be able to put more and more uh, passengers through the biggest hubs. And Boeing said, no, no, what people really want to do is they want to be able to fly nonstop. Um, And so... Boeing created the 787, which is a much much smaller plane. Um, it's more fuel efficient. Um, for example, I think it's uh, Qantas has said that they can fly a, uh, a two 787s between uh, Australia and the UK for less than the price of uh, than the cost of flying one A380. Wow! And so they can offer um, you know two different departure time options, um, or you can offer more nonstop routes than you could previously. And so that's really been uh, siphoning some of the demand away from the A380 because uh, when people have the option uh, of now flying nonstop, they don't have to go through the big hub. And so that means that you don't need to put the larger airplane in there. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, the real problem for the A380 right now is that uh, there aren't that many airports that desperately need that that amount of size. Um, London's Heathrow Airport is one of the few exceptions where where it's really that crowded, and you need the bigger airplane. Um, Dubai has some of the same constraints, but most uh, airports just aren't quite that crowded yet, um, and so you're seeing a lot more demand for the smaller planes.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, we talked a lot about uh, delivery figures here because investors are tending to focus much more closely on these delivery figures and cash flow, um, almost more than order figures in the current climate where they both have these huge backlogs. Um, but how were orders in 2017?
1: So, coming into 2017, both Boeing and the Airbus had very muted expectations. They told investors that um, you know they should expect to see lower orders than the previous year, um, probably not as many orders as deliveries. Um, but in fact, it was it was a very good year for orders, uh, and a lot of that uh, demand materialized towards the very end of the year. So Airbus recorded 1,109 net orders in 2017, which was its best result since 2014. And of that, the vast, vast majority were for that A320 uh, single aisle family. Um, so that was 1,054 compared to only 55 uh, orders across all of its different wide-body models. Meanwhile, Boeing brought in 912 net orders, which is also its best result since 2014. Um, And again, the 737 family was the big driver of those orders with 745 orders. But uh, Boeing did uh, do significantly better than Airbus in terms of bringing in orders for its larger wide-body planes. Uh, It had 167 net orders spread across um, those four models, But uh, more than half of those are for the 787 Dreamliner, which really has been um, the biggest growth driver for Boeing on that wide body side. Mm -hmm. Um, So just kind of looking at a high level, this was the fifth consecutive year that Airbus outpaced Boeing um, in terms of net orders. And during this whole time, Boeing's been producing more airplanes than Airbus. And so the result is that uh, Airbus has been building up a backlog much faster than Boeing because of the combination of higher orders and lower production. So Airbus ended 2017 with 7,265 aircraft in its backlog, compared to 5,864 for Boeing. Mm-hmm. Um, and combined, this is uh, you know eight or nine years of production at current rates, and even with some of the production increases that are planned, it's going to take. Five or six years, at least, to to build most of these planes.
0: Okay, so to finish the year, then uh, Boeing kind of wins in terms of delivery. Airbus kind of wins in terms of orders. But that kind that delivery advantage shouldn't probably be overlooked. I think this year we had Qatar Airways cancel orders for four planes, uh, four Airbus planes that were months overdue at this point. Um, And that kind of on-time delivery that Boeing has demonstrated, albeit you know very marginally. Actually, attracted those buyers to them with uh, four orders for new th- uh, 737 models. So it just shows you that everything's to play for in this industry, and any advantage that they can offer in terms of reliability um, will win. Yeah. So we're going to talk more about this but before we do we'd like to thank our sponsor for this podcast. Thanks to Audible for supporting our podcast. For our audience Audible is offering a free audiobook with a 30-day free trial. If you want to listen to it Audible has it. Just go to audible.com forward slash fool or text fool to 500 500 and browse their unmatched selection of audio content. Download a free title and start listening. It's that easy. Audible content includes an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy and more for the, from the leading audio publishers, broadcasters, entertainers, magazines and newspapers. I've actually been an Audible customer for a very long time. For me, listening to books makes running much more enjoyable and journeys go a lot faster. My guilty pleasures are essentially uh, detective mystery books. I've listened to pretty much everything by Michael Connolly at this point, but I also use Audible to learn about more constructive topics like Tim Ferriss's four-hour work Week. The other feature that is invaluable to me is the whisper and sync, which allows you to switch seamlessly between listening and reading on your Kindle without ever losing your place. Get a free audiobook with a 30 day free trial at audible.com forward slash full or text full to 500 500. That's A U D I B L E.com audible.com forward slash full or text full to 500 So, uh, Adam, out of the two of these um, plane makers, which do you feel has the advantage this year?
1: So, uh, when you look at the two companies, obviously we talked about how Boeing delivered somewhat more planes than Airbus, um, but Airbus is catching up, or at least was catching up last year. And on the other side, you had uh, more orders coming in for Airbus, and Airbus also has the larger backlog. Um, the one thing that makes Boeing's relative to p- performance look far better is its profitability and cash flow. Um, Up until now, um, Airbus just hasn't really shown the ability to turn its uh, high volume of of aircraft production into big earnings numbers and big cash flow numbers. So if you look at last year, Boeing posted a core operating profit of $9 billion and free cash flow of $11.6 billion, um, both of which were well above its initial guidance um, and far above the prior year figures. Uh, Airbus hasn't reported its uh, full year results yet for 2017. Um, but as of its most recent guidance, it's expecting an adjusted operating profit, which come in around $5 billion and adjusted free cash flow of less than $2 billion. So um, quite a bit behind Boeing in terms of uh, profitability. And in terms of the cash production, they're on completely different planets.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I mean, that's really quite, uh, quite astounding. And it's, Probably a combination of uh, more efficient factories and supply chain for Boeing, and then to some extent uh, stronger pricing. In insofar as Airbus may be offering bigger discounts to customers in order to build up this backlog and and in this attempt to gain long term market share from Boeing.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I mean Boeing's been making some fantastic moves. Uh, they've been cutting its workforce at their commercial aircraft unit, so they've actually lowered the number. Um, of employees that it takes to build one aircraft, uh, that boosted production two thirds over the past seven years. Uh, while doing that, and then yeah, like you mentioned, pressuring a lot, a lot of the issues in this it, for them to actually produce the finished product come from suppliers. Um, so they've been pressuring their suppliers for better terms. And they've also been a lot of consolidation within the supply chain, um, which will hopefully deliver results. And, and this whole supply issue absolutely should not be <laughs> underestimated. A lot of the Airbus's issues, like we talked about the uh, Qatar cancelling for planes earlier, um, sorry, late last year, that came from the Pratt Whitney, uh, which is a United Technologies Corp subsidiary, failure to meet their engine. Deliveries. They said they only made seventy-five percent of the engine deliveries that they were supposed to in 2017. Um, I think the executives joked that there were so many planes waiting for engines that they were now in the glider business. <laughs> so, yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, so,
0: so and yeah, as you mentioned, manufacturers they collect most of the price of the aircraft uh, when they ship. Um, so waiting for these suppliers to kind of get their act together is is not good.
1: Yeah. I, they're both, both companies are definitely very much um, focused on this. Another area where they've had some um, serious supply constraints has been on seating um, and actually lavatories um, mm-hmm. has been a big supply issue recently. Uh, and so Boeing actually just formed a joint venture very recently um, to create its own seating company um, to build aircraft seats. And it basically said that it needs to be in the business just to provide extra supply and make sure that it can meet its commitments to customers um, to get planes out the door. And I think you you could definitely see something similar at Airbus because um, they've definitely been burned uh, quite a few times in the last couple of years by suppliers um, saying they would be ready for production increases and then not actually being ready.
0: Absolutely. yeah, And I think that a lot of suppliers um, are seeing a tightening of their belts. A lot of the margins in this industry are actually felt further back in the supply chain. And as you mentioned, Zodiac, which makes a lot of parts for Airbus, um, they agreed to be acquired by Safran. That I don't think that's gone through yet, but it just demonstrates that the reason, the impetus for that um, arrangement was to try and help them um, speed up their production. So, yeah, very interesting uh, for the whole for the whole manufacturing supply chain. But what are you expecting uh, for 2018 for both of these companies?
1: So, we're definitely going to see, see more growth um, for Boeing and Airbus. I think that uh, in 2018 specifically, we'll probably see h- slightly higher production growth for Boeing. Uh, and I'll, I'll get to the reasons for that in just a moment. So, both companies are in the midst of increasing production on multiple product lines to meet this high demand that they've seen. Uh, So Airbus, for example, is in the midst of the initial ramp-up period for its A350 jet. Um, The first deliveries were just a few years ago. Um, It usually takes a while as they work out the manufacturing kinks to get to the full uh, production speed. So uh, this year, they're supposed to reach that, which is going to be 10 a month um, by the end of the year. And so based on... uh, That production rate they'd be building somewhere between 110 and 115 A350s on an annual basis as of 2019, whereas last year they delivered 78 A350s. Um, Meanwhile, the A320 production rate is set to reach 60 per month in 2019. That's the fastest that um, any commercial jet has ever been built, Mm -hmm. Um, and that's up from 50 per month right now. So that's going to be a big increase, but that's not coming uh, during 2018. That'll be a 2019 thing. Uh, Meanwhile, Boeing is in the midst of producing uh, the 737 family jets faster. So they ramped up from 42 per month to 47 per month in 2017, and they plan to increase production to 52 per month uh, later this year and then to 57 per month in 2019. Uh, And then finally, Boeing also decided – late last year to increase the 787 production rate from 12 per month now up to 14 per month uh, as of sometime in 2019 so the result of all of that is that boeing said it's going to deliver 810 to 815 jets in 2018 which would be up 67 percent year-over-year um, there'll be a little bit of growth on this uh, 787 dreamliner Uh, But that's just going to be offsetting lower production, actually, for that 777, which, as we talked about earlier, is having a bit of a slowdown and a model transition. Uh, The vast majority of the growth, probably 100 percent, once again, will come from that 737 family as the production rate goes up by five aircraft per month. Uh, As for Airbus, it's also going to be increasing deliveries this year, uh, but probably not quite as much as uh, Boeing just because – that A320 family is now stabilized at 50 per month, and uh, the ramp up to 60 per month is really gonna happen more in 2019 than in 2018. Um, And looking further out, you're gonna see annual delivery totals for both Airbus and Boeing continue to increase year after year, at least through 2020, just based on the um, production announcements that they've already, uh, already made. And when you look at the giant backlogs that both companies have right now, uh, you could certainly imagine either Airbus or Boeing increasing production f- um, for those high-volume A320 and 737 families. Yet again, um, maybe not in 2020, just because of these supply chain constraints, but possibly 2021 or 2022.
0: Mm-hmm. It's a good position to be in, to have uh, so much demand that you're struggling to make it, but I know that it can be incredibly stressful for the people <laughs> on the shop floor that actually have to make these. Absolutely. So. If, you, if I were to ask you to put uh, your money on one of these companies, which would you pick? Uh,
1: if I had to pick one, I would probably put my money on Boeing. Mm-hmm. and It's um, just because the company has a really strong history of um, turning out cash flow, and there's still a lot of upside there um, from what they uh, were able to produce last year. Uh, in one sense, Boeing's going to be a really humongous beneficiary of the tax reform law that went into effect in the U.S. Um, just very recently. Uh, It's not going to be paying taxes on um, the shipments outside of the U.S. anymore. Uh, And uh, as it invests in new programs, it'll be able to deduct those costs immediately from its taxable income. So uh, it'll have a much lower tax burden than it would have otherwise been facing in the next few years. And on top of that, they just have a very strong um, history of of turning their backlog into um, enormous amounts of cash. Mm
0: -hmm. It'd be interesting to see uh, the, if where they start to spend some of the money that they've made from the tax reform. Um, if we start to see more integration, which uh, I think we can expect in the industry. Yeah. So all in all, 2018 is going to be an exciting one to watch <laughs> for these two companies. Um, but thank you very much, Adam, uh, for coming on the show and sharing your extensive knowledge with us.
1: Thanks for having me on.
0: Uh, Well, that's it from us today. If you would like to get in touch, please feel free to email us at industryfocus.fool.com or tweet us on Twitter at MFIndustryFocus. As always, people on the program may own companies discussed on the show, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against stocks mentioned. So don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear. Thanks to Austin Morgan for producing the show. For Adam, I'm Sarah Priestley. Thanks for listening and Fool on.